Welcome to the Love Sport Podcast in our series of icons. We're going to be doing about a 20 to 25 minute podcast just covering icons of the sport, whether it's Formula One, whether it's football, whether it's NFL, whatever you think. We'll be doing an icon series you can listen to anytime you want through the Love Sport Podcast. So I hope you guys really enjoy it. We'll be covering all different people. I mean, it could be Muhammad Ali one week, could be at and center the next. This is the Love Sport Podcast. I'll be Paul, your host. Get me at Paul underscore football on Twitter. You can get us at Anchor, at Google, at Spotify, Apple, any way you listen to your podcast. This is the Icon Series. to the Love Sport Podcast. This is the Icon Series. Today we're covering someone who, when you hear his records, is just absolutely unbelievable. Probably underrated by many uh, modern basketball fans, but it's Wilt Chamberlain, Wilt the Stilt, and we'll go over and, and talk about his career. I'm Paul, your host. You can get me at Paul underscore football. Get us at the Love Sport Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. And this is our Icon Series where we're going to talk about all different basketball icons, uh, football icons, NFL icons, whatever sport you can think of. Uh, so if you do have an icon that you would think would be great to be covered, let us know and we'll cover it. But today, it's Wilt. It's still Chamberlain. That's the one thing about Wilt. Wilt did not like to lose. He always wanted to win. So if he'd have been 6'4", 6'5", or 6'6", I think he would have had the determination. He probably would have had more of that killer instinct also to dunk the ball and destroy people. Because of his size, I think he really held back most of the time. When we think NBA, most modern NBA fans uh, will talk about icons and they look at Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Steph Curry. Um, we look at you know people like KD. We go back to Bird and Johnson and guys like that as well. Um, but um, someone who's got a lot, a lot of absolutely um, essential credit was the legend Bill Russell. But we're actually going to cover as our icon series on Love Sport, Wilt Chamberlain today, who had a massive, um, basically, rivalry with people like uh, Bill Russell, but also later on with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, just that they had their internal conflicts there um, and very obvious external ones. So Wilt Chamberlain 
is just unbelievable. If we go through just um, you know his NBA career beyond anything else, we brought it up on previous podcasts about something else he has. Um, probably not something to really celebrate, but there was a record potentially of how many people he may have uh, slept with, so we won't go into that. That is a completely different record. But Wilt Chamberlain um, was born August 21, 1936, a native of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and died October 12, 1999, age 63, in LA, where he settled at the end of his playing career. A massive seven foot one, uh, and was listed in his playing weight as well as 125 kilos, but had just the most absolutely huge leap as well. So to be seven foot with, you know, unbelievable um, athleticism is, is just almost unfair. Went to Kansas uh, as a college player, Kansas from 56 to 58, Kansas, one of the great um, basketball colleges in the history there. He was a territorial 1959 NBA draft pick, so they would go um, from the areas that you were either brought up with or that you played college. And it, his playing career lasted 15 years as a centre, and he was number 13, and he also coached after that. So he started out um, after that uh, college career, he played a year with the Harlem Globetrotters or a few months with the Harlem Globetrotters. And then between 59 and 65, he played for Philadelphia, and the Warriors, um, which were the San Francisco Warriors back in that day, it went back from 65 to 68, back to the 76ers. And then his career, many people see the five or six years that he was at the LA Lakers, and he coached between 73 and 74 with the San Diego Conquistadors. Um, now, when he was at um, high school, he was already six foot 11 when he entered high school. Uh, and we talked about athleticism and so many of the basketball players at that period of time, whether it was high school um, or going on to uni, would, would quite often do track and field because track and field, um, and in Bill Russell's stories, he'll tell you this as well, track and field is where you would get a letter jacket and so forth. So to be able to keep warm and so forth, to get those extra uh, bits of clothing, if you got the letterman in track and field, you would get the extra clothes. Um, so he was an absolutely outstanding uh, athlete um, in high school. Uh, so he played for basketball for the Overbrook Panthers. And he was just so tall, so strong. Um, but also one of the things, um, everyone goes on about his scoring record. And we'll go over his records a little bit later. But just his athleticism meant he became an unbelievable uh, shot blocker as well. So they won two city championships at high school. Uh, over three seasons with Wilt there, they won 56 games and three losses. Uh, he actually had the Philadelphia high school record for points while he, when he graduated, 2,252 points in high school, averaging 37 points per game. So unbelievable there as well so they came runners up in his first year city champions in 54 and 55 um, so just amazing so he after Overbrook um, he had a, reportedly 200 and something universities trying to recruit him I mean you're looking at a guy seven foot tall absolute winner in high school um, could do everything that he could do uh, um, so you know he was offered, you know, University of Pennsylvania, which had been close to home, and they, you know, they offered him all sorts of of things as there, as well. But he obviously, uh, as we said before, um, went to Kansas. 
So KU, um, he was there with a really renowned coach, uh, Fog Allen, who was was there for many years at Kansas. So, so when he was at Kansas, um, he basically pledged uh, to the Kappa Alpha uh, Psi fraternity, which is amazing. I don't know what that actually means. I know what fraternities mean only through things like Animal House. Um, so, but because of his high school career, people were really, really excited about him um, coming into the university there. And he dominated uh, college teammates. And in his... Um, uh, one of his first games, um, he he scored forty two points, uh, twenty nine rebound uh, rebounds and four blocks. So um, one of the rules that changed uh, in basketball, there's so many rules that have changed, like three point lines, which came um, from the ABA. But one of the things that changed basketball rules for the NCAA was that um, in College, you cannot take your feet off the free throw line and jump in the air because Chamberlain would use his height and vertical leap and, and could basically convert uh, foul shots almost by uh, dunking with a running start, which I'd never known until I watched um, some highlights of that as well. And Bill Russell, who we spoke about earlier, also did the same at his San Francisco University. So both those guys actually ended up getting the rules changed there. Uh, in his sophomore season, they were runners-up to North Carolina. So that's an amazing year as well. Uh, and, and basically, his college career was good. Um, but he left college, I think, a year early, uh, wanted to go and start earning money, um, where it was a lot of money, even back then. Did the Harlem Globetrotters for a year. He didn't accept... Um, uh, at that time, the NBA wouldn't accept players until they completed either a year uh, out or had completed um, uh, a year... Sorry, a year professionally out or had completed their university degree. So he took a role with the Harlem Globetrotters. Now, you've got to... Remember the time. This was nineteen fifty-eight, fifty-nine. The Harlem Globetrotters at that point were just universal. They were so so well known. Uh, they did a sold-out tour of places like the Soviet Union, for example, and he was given fifty thousand dollars. Whew, fifty thousand at that time. Wow, wow, wow. Just going to let you know, his number um, is one of the only numbers ever retired by the Harlem Globetrotters. So he's number thirteen. If you look up the history of the Globetrotters. He certainly uh, is one of the icons there uh, based on that one year. So he then off, went off, as we said, he went off to the uh, to Philadelphia and then the San Francisco Warriors. Um, and he, he was the highest paid player in the NBA in his first season at $30,000 on a rookie contract. Um, and before that was Bob Cousy, who was a legend of the Celtics, was on $25,000. Um, so in, 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 from there in the 59-60 season, um, he joined the Philadelphia Warriors and it was coached by Neil Johnson and had Hall of Famers in the team as well. Um, and against his first game, sorry, his first game was against the Knicks, his, my team, unfortunately. And as a rookie, this is a rookie, 43 points and 28 rebounds. Just to give you some idea um, of, of this guy's legendary status. So... His career from there as a centre, um, as you said, 59 to 65 at Philly, San Francisco, 65 to 68 at the 76ers, 68 to 73 at the Lakers, where he became a uh, real icon there. Won two NBA championships, 67 and 72. And it was in, an, in, a, in a time where um, 
Bill Russell's Celtics were just absolutely dominating the game. Uh, won the MV, uh, MVP in 72. Um, the uh, finals MVP in 1972. Was a four-time MV, uh, sorry, NBA MVP. 60. And then a number of years later, he won 66, 67, 68. A 13-time NBA All-Star. Uh, he was also, in 1960, the NBA All-Star Game MVP. Seven NBA first teams, three second teams, two NBA all-defensive first teams, because that's, you know, besides his scoring, and his scoring is absolutely out of this world, he was a great defensive player of the year as well. A seven-time scoring champion, to put it in perspective, an 11-time NBA rebounding champion. So he did work hard at both ends of the floor. Now, one of the most unbelievable things that happened in his career and I can't believe this is still not spoken about, right? <sighs> wow. He scored 100 points in a game. 100 points. In 1962. And I have to say it once again, against my New York Knicks, playing for the Philadelphia uh, Warriors at that time, he scored 100 points. I, I just... I just want to put that in, in, in context, right? He's got 100 points. The next closest NBA player was Kobe Bryant near the end of his career where he scored the 81 points. But if you go through the top... Let's go through the top 20-odd points of all-time in games. And we're talking all-time NBA. Wilt Chamberlain, I'll go through his. He's ranked one with 100 points. He's ranked third with 78 points. He's then ranked equal fourth with himself and David Thompson at 73 points. At 72 points, that's number seven, is Wilt Chamberlain again. Down to number 11 at 70 points, Wilt Chamberlain. 68 points, Wilt Chamberlain. 67 points, four times, Wilt Chamberlain. 66 points, Wilt Chamberlain. 65 points, Wilt Chamberlain, Wilt Chamberlain, Wilt Chamberlain with Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. 63 points, Wilt Chamberlain got that twice. 62 points, six times, six times, 61 points, I'm having to count through here, another six times, and guys like James Harden, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, James Harden, those kind of guys um, have got 61 points, at 60 points, he's there um, with Kobe Bryant, James Harden, Clay Thompson, those kind of game, guys, Damian Lillard. He's there, I think, three times. I'm just trying to get, put it in context of what a dominant player he was. And the thing was that, as we said, he rebounded. He could assist. He could do everything, this guy. And what held him back was probably a couple of things. And the main thing being, he did have a massive ego. Right, So he would talk about his opponents and everything. And I think that's part of being such a great player. Right, I don't think that held him back so much other than um, he was someone who was outspoken. Um, and it's just, it's just unbelievable how many titles he could have won because he lost so many titles to Russell's Boston Celtics. They had one of the most unbelievable rivalries that you've ever known. But Boston... Um, you know, just to put it into context, Bill Russell in that period of time won 11 titles. 11. So what really held Wilt back was, you know, his amount of titles. He could outscore Bill Russell. 
He could out-rebound Bill Russell, but he couldn't beat Bill Russell. And as his career later on went on, um, and they did lose to the Knicks in a, in a final series, so that's got to be probably one of the only times ever. Um, he did things like challenged Muhammad Ali, I believe, to a fight. Um, when, <laughs> which you, got, you, you know, it, it, it was a 15-round bout that would have taken place in 1971. Um <laughs> He backed out of it. But the the amazing thing was, we could have seen Wilt Chamberlain take on Muhammad Ali, and I don't know what would have happened um, to Muhammad Ali at that period of time. Um, now, he did have a really big rivalry with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Now, a lot of people might um, kind of laugh at that because Kareem and Abdul, um, you know, Basically, Chamberlain did, you know, was replaced really by Kareem uh, at the Lakers down the track. But at that point in time, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was, uh, was actually playing for the Milwaukee Bucks. And obviously, you see him as an icon of the Lakers. Um, it's considered one of the great matchup of all times in sports. And uh, Chamberlain did get um, the Lakers across uh, the, the line against Milwaukee Bucks. And it's considered in, in that period one of the great final series before the NBA finals uh, went further on. He did coach, as we said, at San Diego and Conquistador. I really can't, I, I suppose I cannot um, put into context what an amazing player this guy was. Uh, I, I think you need to go and look at videos. I think you get, need to go and look at more stats because um, I, I'm not doing him justice at all. This guy is one of the greatest um, score as a game has ever seen. He was so athletic. His passing was underrated. His rebounds were unstoppable. But he just couldn't get his teams over the line compared to the guys like Bill Russell. I mean, Bill's got 11 rings. And when we talk about Tom Brady, who's got six um, in the NFL, which is a different sport. You can't really compare those things. But, wow. I mean, yeah. Please just go and have a look. The, the guy's first few years were unbelievable. Then his winning years at the Lakers as well um, were just fantastic. He is one of the icons of the NBA. Well, the Stilt Chamberlain. Well, that's special. That's what you like that. In fact, I told him. I said, you know, Wilt, I think I'm the only guy on this planet that knows how really good you are. Because he was smart on top of everything else. He was the smartest guy I played against. People looked at him differently. But this was this was more than just some, some big guy who dunked the basketball and uh, ran him down the court. This was a true athlete. And his physical prowess was unbelievable. Uh, you know, you hear players compare players in certain eras. And, uh, I would love to see him play against some of these singers today. It would... It would it would be pretty embarrassing for them to be candid with you. Think you had done, he, he had done better. And uh, he was that kind of a guy. I remember him from Philly, obviously. Uh, he's a Philadelphia guy. Went, I went to school with his brother, so I, I kind of knew him and, and had seen him play. I sat on his sidelines, though, while they played in the playgrounds a lot of in our times uh, when he came back home hoping to get picked to, to play it you know in those games with him and whatnot but you know he was a guy that uh, i had idolized so to speak i i wore his socks uh, throughout but will chamberlain was the first one that really made changes 
He was the first dominant person of basketball. One of the most dominant forces we ever had in our game, along with Shaq. Uh, one of the greatest Lakers that ever played a game. 100 points scored. Um, one of the greatest scores rebounded ever. Um, uh, played this game. Um, multi-sport dimension uh, type of athlete. Somebody some people's never seen someone like that in that, in that era. Um, so just dominant in all in all walks of life, not only just basketball. But Wilt was playing for Philadelphia. We used to have a Thanksgiving night game with Philadelphia every year. Noontime of the game. Wilt came by the hotel, got me, and took me home with him, and I had dinner with his, him and his mother, his father, and his sisters and brothers. And uh, after dinner, his brother said to me, I understand you take a nap after every afternoon. I said, yes. She said, well, you can go in Will's bed and take a nap. And so I took a nap that afternoon, and then we went to the game together. This is an annual thing. See, I never considered him a rival. I always considered him as a competitor in that we competed from the same position, but a completely different way. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Love Sport Podcast, our icon series. If we haven't covered an icon that you would like to be covered in any sport, let us know. We'll do our very best to cover it. You get me at Paul underscore football. Get the Love Sport Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. And you get me on Twitter at Paul underscore football. This is the Love Sport Podcast icon series. We don't know no one like you. Go girls and you dance like Michael.